Thank you for joining us today. At ResLife, our mission is to develop committed followers of Jesus Christ to reach the world. Our content is created to equip and empower you in God's purpose. We hope you enjoy this message. Amen. Let's welcome Dan Seaborn. Thank you, man. Thank you. Nice job leading worship. Leave that slide up a second, if you will, guys. I want you to notice that. Unplugged worship, definitely happening. Spirit-led atmosphere, uh, Bernie referred to that. Activating the word, that's the middle part, and that's what I'm praying that I'll be able to do tonight. I'm just gonna bring you a portion of God's word, and I want the Lord to bless it and activate it in your life. Uh, That's what I try to do in my life. Uh, My daughter, Anna, and her little baby, Elisha, in fact, both my daughters, Christina and her baby, Shy. Stand up, Chrissy, will you? Here's my daughters and my little grandbabies here at church tonight. But my daughter, Anna, and I have had a been, been having a discussion this afternoon just about this very thing, about how to grow close to the Lord. And, you know, I don't do it perfectly. She doesn't do it perfectly. Our family doesn't do it perfectly, but we're working at it. And I said to her, I have been seriously in my life, that middle part, just diving into trying to see what Jesus taught us in his lifestyle, his example, because really his life was a life of surrender. And we live in a world that kind of pushes us and pushes what we want. And Jesus lived, he lived exactly the opposite of that. His whole life was about coming to surrender. And I don't know about for you guys, but surrendering's hard for me. I still got a lot of me in me. And I want to talk about that tonight. Um, I brought with my, I grabbed Jane's shades. So when I put these on, don't think they're mine. They look like my wife because that's her shades. But I want to ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning and you, you just get out of bed and you start your day. Now, I know what you're going to want to answer, but I want you to kind of think it through for a second. When you start your day, would your mindset be, hey, I woke up and I'm ready to go see what God's got for me today. That's the way we all want to wake up. I got it. But do you ever wake up in the morning and you just go about your way and you're doing your thing and you're thinking your thing and it's sometime later on in the morning that you find yourself going, oh yeah, and I want to make sure I do something for God today too. What I want you to see is a, a biblical worldview A worldview that says everything that I see, this sanctuary, the sun as it set today, the sun when it rose this morning, anything you see happens because God is God. And that's the way we need to wake up and see the world. I kind of call it putting on these shades and seeing the world the way God wants you to see it. Because a lot of times we wake up and we use our natural human eyes to see things and we almost need this Wait a second, I gotta not think my way and what I want and how I'd like to have things. But this takes effort and work. And some of us spend a lot of time doing life this way. Sometimes looking with our eyes and then sometimes throwing the shades on. Go to church, throw the shades on. And I wanna show you tonight what I think I'm learning in my life and what I wanna challenge you to learn in your life. Because like me, I'm sure there are plenty of times where things don't go the way you'd necessarily like them to go. And I want to show you something that's been helping me. It's from Romans chapter 2. I'm sorry, Romans chapter 12. I'm going to be reading down to verse 2, but I'm going to read verse 1 first because I want you just to hear the whole context of the passage. This passage is, is, is literally Paul talking to us about our lives being a living sacrifice. And we've heard it before, but I'm going to try to help you see it through a new set of lenses tonight, if you will. 
It says Romans 12 this, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, offer your body as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, which is your spiritual worship. Verse 2, do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, I want to just focus on this verse for a little while tonight. It says there, do not any longer conform to the pattern of this world. So I'm sitting, um, probably been a little over a month, maybe a month and a half ago now, uh, my son Alan and I spoke in Wisconsin. And we spoke at a conference there for men. And at this conference were two very well-known pastors. One is a guy named Stuart Briscoe. Some of you may know these names. And the other name was Gordon McDonald. Uh, two heroes of pastors. They're both in their 80s. I think Stuart's like 87 and, and Gordon's like 81. And so Al and I were speaking to this conference. These guys were speaking to, and we had the privilege of having dinner with them. So here we are. We're out to a restaurant for dinner. Uh, my son Al and I, a couple of the guys, and Pastor Briscoe and Pastor McDonald. And so we begin to go around the table. We're talking about our lives, talking about ourselves. And then I made the statement to these guys. I said, guys, I'm in my 50s. I'm pastoring in my 50s. You guys are in your 80s, and they're both still actively pastoring. And I said, I want you to tell me... Um, what is coming at me in life that I don't see right now? Like, you know, when I was in my 20s, I didn't know what I know now in my 50s. When, if you're here and you're in your 20s, you know now what you didn't know when you were five years old. It's just, it keeps growing, it keeps going. And I said, you guys are 80. What do I not see that's coming my way? Because obviously I'm headed that way. And Gordon McDonald just paused for a moment and he said, well, I'd like to make a statement about all that. And I said, okay, Pastor McDonald, what are you thinking? And he said, he just reeled this off. As he started talking, I turned to my son, Alan, I said, get your phone out, write this down. So Alan did, he jerked his phone out really quick, started writing it down and Pastor McDonald said this. He said, well, let me sum it up this way. He said, I'll go through, I'll go through what I think happens in life. And he said, and you find out, you're in your 50s, see if this matches up. And he said, you got the 60s, 70s, and 80s coming, maybe 90s. And here's what he said. When you're in your teens, he just started talking. Who's here in their teens? Just raise your hand up really high, okay. He said, when you're in teens, he said, here's the question you ask yourself about life. He said, when you're in your teens, you ask the question, who am I? What's my life gonna be about? And then he said, when you're in your 20s, who's here in your 20s? Just right, we're gonna find out everybody tonight. If you're 90, I'm gonna leave you out. But if you're in the 20s, all right, 20s. He said, in your 20s, you ask this question, what do I want to do fully with my life and who do I want to do it with? 30s, who's in the 30s, all right? 30s, he said, we ask this question, how do I handle and juggle all the responsibilities of my life? Fair question. 40s, who's in their 40s? 40s, he said, you asked this question, am I happy with who I'm doing this with? <laughs> and could I do it a little better? <laughs> in other words, did I make good choices? 50s, how about 50s? Here's he said, when you're 50, you ask this question, how long can I keep doing this? It's a fair question. 60s. 
<laughs> he said, in your 60s, you ask, who's going to take my place doing this? <laughs> True. 70s. He said, in your 70s, you ask, who am I going to lose as a friend today? 80s. He said, in, he's in his 80s. He said, the 80s question for me is, what's heaven really going to be like? And then I found myself, as I listened to him, I just thought, my goodness, that's, that's life in a nutshell right there. Those are all the questions we ask ourselves. And then I found myself going, well, I need that for my sermon. Mario, help me somebody here. That's my sermon down here. You can preach it for me if you grab those notes. Thank you so much. What's your name? Thank you. And so the question I asked myself as I listened to that is, so when I'm going through that question, Tonight as you hear it, what set of glasses do you? Like as you hear that question, do you go, yeah, that, that's what I'm thinking. Are you going, so God help me answer that question with your mind, your mind, with the way you think, with what you would want me to do. No longer conform to the patterns of this world. Every one of those questions that I just asked will push you into the pattern of thinking of this world. And I really spent some time thinking about this, what is, and I, I, I summed it up. I want to see if you think I'm close. I spent a lot of time going, what is the Lord getting at here through Paul in this passage when he says, no longer conform to the pattern of this world. And I sat by myself thinking, what is the pattern of this world? And I came up with two words. See if you think they're close. Me first. As I thought about what's the pattern of this world, the pattern of this world is me first. I want what I want. Whether it's teens all the way to the 80s, what about me? It's just the way this world works. And in order to keep our mind and our focus off ourselves, you got to think this way. I... Um, Again, I have a great relationship with my dad. I'm good now. But I have to be honest and say, as I thought about the me first mentality, my father um, lived with that his whole life. My wife asked me the other day, do you ever remember having a conversation with your dad? And I was like, wow. We, we didn't have a conversation. We would discuss things related to him. I would ask a question about something related to me and somehow he would turn that back to him. I went to see him in the nursing home today. Again, we're doing great. But I left the nursing home today and I can tell you what we talked about. Him. My dad can't see it, but he has a me first mindset. He can't see it. He's lived, he's 89, and he's going to finish his life on this earth with a me first mindset. But he, if I told him, they would say, I do not. Because I want to say to some of us who are here maybe tonight and you can't see it about yourself, just examine yourself and go, am I about me? Let me give you some symptoms of it. I wrote down some things that I believe are symptoms of when we think and we do life about me. Here they are. Number one. We spend a lot of our time 
thinking about how I look and how do circumstances and situations around me make me look. Not everybody involved in the situation. How do I look to other people? How do other people think of me? Am I given the right image? Am I reflecting what I think they'd want me to do? And again, I'm not bagging on my dad. I love him to death, but I think back. This is, this is vintage my dad. I would mow the entire lawn at our home in Six Mile growing up as a kid. I remember as a teenager. I would mow the entire lawn. He would watch me until I got down to the last strip. And he would come and take the lawnmower from me and mow the last strip and say, oh, I'm glad we got that done. And I look back and I go, I didn't know at the time. I thought he was just helping me. And now I go, oh, it was a me first mentality. In your family, do you kind of work things around so that you look good? Are you worried that other people notice you first? That's a, that's a me first mindset. You're conforming to the pattern of this world because this whole world spends their whole life trying to look good to impress other people. Social media is the perfect place to go, I look good. Conversations that you have. Can you have conversations with people without manipulating the conversation back to talk about you? It's been a long time ago, but I remember watching this situation on television with this singer. She used to be a pretty famous. She's not so much anymore, but Madonna. I was watching her in an interview, and I remember watching the conversation, and at one point in the conversation, she stopped the whole thing. She said, hey, stop, stop, stop. The conversation's getting off me. Can we get back to me again? And I remember thinking, wow, you're so self-focused. And I just, I just ask you, examine yourself a little bit. If you're in a group and people are talking, can you hear everything they got to say? Or do you need to interject with, well, let me tell you about how I... Because the pattern of this world will push you to push yourself up. Everything just the opposite. That's my grandbaby. Everything just the opposite of what God is wanting you to do. No longer conforming. I'm just asking you tonight, are you conforming to the patterns of this world? And that's a selfish pattern. Another thing that you can do to examine yourself is this. Your time, your money, and your energy is all spit on things for you. You, you try to focus all that stuff on your stuff, what you want, where you'd like to get. It's just a little pattern I'm asking you to think about. Because obviously in Scripture, he's trying to get at, there's a pattern in this world, and to me the pattern is me first. And I want you to take a moment tonight and look at your life. This is Wednesday night. This is practical night. This is take a look at ourselves. This is taking the word and activating it in our hearts and lives. The second part of the phrase up there. Are you conforming in your life to the patterns of this world. It's pushed on you all the time. You who are here and you're in your 20s, it is shoved down your throat. Are you handling that okay? Are you balancing that okay? And this passage says, it transfers from this whole idea of having that thought in your head. And, and look, at what, look what it says. But be transformed by the renewing. It doesn't say of your body. <laughs> Good thing it doesn't say of your body. Because when you're 80, if you said, I need to transform my body, not probably, gonna, probably not going to happen. 
We can't always transform our body. Sometimes we have physical ailments, etc. But the Bible says, by renewing and transforming your mind. So I want to put a picture on the screen because this is what I want to challenge you to do tonight. The picture on the screen is just some fresh steps in fresh snow and the good Lord knows we've had plenty of it. Most of us in life, watch this, we have lived long enough, whether you're 20s to 80s, We've lived long enough to build what I call default patterns, just ways that you normally go. Uh, Sometimes when I'm talking with Jane, uh, we've been married for 36 years. It is just natural when I give a certain facial expression, she knows I don't even need to speak. She knows what I mean. She will sometimes say, babe, you're getting angry. I'm like, I haven't even spoken yet. She's like, yeah, but I know that pattern of your face. It's going to that default look. We have them. We have patterns. And I would say you sometimes me first patterns and they're unhealthy. It's like walking in the snow. When we leave here tonight, if there were a place we had to go out to our cars, we would usually typically go through the well-worn path. And tonight I'm gonna ask you to leave here and not use the well-worn path when it comes to your mind. I want you to renew your mind in other words be the first one to step some new step some fresh track and the first ones are the hardest ones you're not sure what's under there will I slip is it going to be deeper is it going to be over my shoe all the things you worry about when you step in a big pile of snow but if we walk in this path long enough it will become the renewing mind path and after you've done it a few times you'll go I like this path a lot better than this old path I've been walking Renewing your mind means taking some fresh steps, some places you haven't walked before. Hey, we know what those old me first patterns do. Let's go start some new tracks in the snow. And I want to talk to you about how that happens. The first thing you got to do when you take new tracks in the snow is you got to see it. Tonight as I'm talking, whether you're 20 to 80, if you see something in your life that you go, you know what, that's a selfish, when I, when I shared something earlier, if something ticked in your brain and you go, that's a place I'm selfish, that's a place I can see that I think about myself, I can tell when I have conversations with people, I draw those conversations around to me. If you can spot it, if you can see it, then you can own it and do something about it. So a new renewing your mind would be to go, I see it. I see it. I see that I do that. And then after you see it, probably the hardest step is choosing to change. There are some patterns right now in your life where you've gone down a well-worn path and you know you need to change that pattern. You know you need to break the old habit. Uh, Sarah Ingram is one of our counselors and Sarah and I had the privilege of coming here on uh, Thursday night last Thursday night we spoke to access the the group that Jake Blaukamp oversees we came and hang out with him and just talked to him and and Sarah talking to the college-age students 20-somethings shared this thought with them and it's something I want you to know about your brain because she's a godly godly woman who studies the brain and that kind of stuff and she said when you start a new pattern 
when you break into a new path, she said, you need to know your brain is built in such a way that when you have that old me first mentality come up, something selfish, she said, she said, your brain goes through a cycle. It cycles through about every 90 seconds. She said, so when that old pattern of thinking comes, she said, just take 90, before you go down that pattern, before you take that step down that old rocky road, minute and a half, 90 seconds, stop and think. She said, just stop yourself and think, do I wanna go down that path? No, I'm going to renew my mind down this path. She said, your brain, the way God made it, after about 90 seconds, will kick out that old pattern and help you step in this pattern. She said, if you don't pause and stop, you'll go right follow that pattern because that's the way your brain knows to go. She said, you got to retrain it. You got to renew your mind. So I want you tonight, when you have that chance to go with that old pattern that old me first, maybe even ungodly way of thinking or action, I want you to take 90 seconds and I want you to ask God to help you. Lord God, I'm gonna stand right here. I have a chance right now to go down that old path, but I'm going to renew my mind. I'm gonna focus on what you want me to do. I'm gonna just spend some time praying and then take a step over here. That's how you renew your mind. It's not going to happen by just you going, you know what, I'll go down the old path and then we'll, maybe when I get to the end of it, it'll be a different result. It's not going to happen. So I want you to seriously go, I'm going to choose to change. I'm going to choose to do something different. I have been really working on this in my life, in my marriage with Jane. I've been, I have some patterns of behavior. It's actually what Ann and I were talking about some today. I have had these patterns of the way I handle things with Jane for 36 years. I just run down this path, baby, because I'm used to it. And it's not healthy. It's not good. It's built some dysfunctionality. It's caused some problems. And you'd think that we'd go, this ain't working, but we keep going down the path. And I was talking with Anna today about, I'm trying to establish some new ways of doing this, new ways of, of, of taking better steps. And you gotta choose to do that. Tonight, it's your call. But the Lord gives us these verses on purpose. This isn't just put in the Bible to waste some pages. We gotta renew our minds. We gotta claim victory in some areas where we've had defeat. And we gotta get a new pattern of thinking. Some of you need a new pattern of thinking about your spouse. You need a new pattern of thinking about a relationship you're in. A new pattern to, to go to work tomorrow morning. You wake up and your default is, oh boy, here we go. And you need to go, wait a second, good morning, let's go see what's happening at work. Just have a new spirit. I guarantee over time, even the people you work with will see that. And let me just ask you, isn't that what the Lord's really looking for us? Just a contagious way we live? And I believe choosing to change and making that change is the step we need to take putting it into practice.
And then the final part of that to me and for me is just what I call maintenance. It's looking at your life tonight and watching yourself over the next few days and saying, am I doing better? And, and sometimes change is hard. I'm making some changes in my life and, and, and I can tell that people have me, they still have me here. And I go, but I'm changing. It takes time. You don't get the results of that overnight. And that maintenance mode is me constantly looking in the morning when I have my listening time with the Lord. Lord, am I, am I doing the right thing here? Am I honoring you? Am I pleasing you? Is there any paths I need to work on? Is there a new way you want to send me, Lord? Because I'm willing to listen. Let me, let me just say this too. Let me just say this. Don't ask the Lord to give you guidance if you aren't willing to change. Don't just go, the Lord, I'm asking you to change me. Then be willing to change. Don't say I'm listening for his spirit if you're not willing to follow his spirit. Because let me just tell you, if there's any me firstness in what you're listening for, it ain't Jesus. Jesus wants us to be surrendered. And it's in finding our complete peace in him that we get healthiness. Jane and I um, were actually discussing this morning part of, part of a dysfunctionality of me. I'm just going to confess it to you is this. I too often, and Anna knows this, she's sitting here, she heard me talk, what we're talking about today. I sometimes need to find too much of my value and stuff in Jane's words to me. I need her to say things. I get frustrated if she doesn't say them enough, et cetera. And she's, I, I can tell her I was sitting. I was sitting on the floor in our bathroom area. She was standing by the sink. She looked right at me today and she said, Dan, I can say those things to you, but you need to find your absolute value and peace in what Jesus thinks of you. And what I say to you can matter, but it should not matter any at all. If I'm dead and gone, you're fine because you're Jesus' child. That's true. Yeah, clap, clap for my wife. There you go. But that isn't easy because I'm a human being. I like my needs met. So therefore you have conflict. And I'm learning that and I see that, but it still takes work and effort. And the maintenance mode in me has got to accept that and say, okay, I'll grow in that area. I'll work at it. I said to Jane today, baby, you're right. I, I don't necessarily like what you're saying, but you are dead right. And I got to change that because I can't find my value in what people say to me. That has a, been a default of Dan Seaborn's life. I'm doing much better with it out there, but I'm still needing it there. In my 30s, I needed all your appraisal. I need all your and praise. I, need it. I don't need that anymore. I get it. I'm growing. But I need to completely be at a place where my value is found in the fact that I am God's boy and he loves me and that's it. But see, I fought for that all my life because I wanted it with my dad. I wanted it. It's human nature. Some of y'all have it too. You say, I don't struggle in that area. You got your area. And we have to identify it. And we have to change it. And I'm confessing mine to you right in front of you. But I work at it and I want to maintain it and I want to get better at it. Because you're going to slip. You're going to stumble. Every now and then you're going to do it the wrong way. And when you do it, you identify it and you change it. I work, um, I was laughing about something I did the other day. It kind of reminds me of this very thing. I was, sometimes even after I preach here on a Sunday morning, when I leave, I go home. I have a friend who has a private gym. He's just got a private gym. It's his own gym. It's at his house. It's in his basement of his garage. It's a huge, huge, as you can imagine, garage, all that stuff. 
And I go there and I shoot baskets by myself. He has a radio in there. I crank it up. I get the music going and I shoot back. I just shoot baskets. I shoot like crazy. I love just by myself. I love it. And that's one of the places I go to kind of unwind. And I was there the other day doing that. And I, I take pretty good care of myself. My wife got me on a little fit booty plan a while back. And I've been working at taking care of better, get better care of myself. And so I've been doing this thing. Well, I go to the gym and I'm in the gym and I'm shooting baskets. And I started getting that little, you know, that little feeling where you feel a little dizzy, not, not sure. You're like, well, maybe I need some sugar. You know, that's why I told myself, I need some sugar. And they got, a, they got a refrigerator in there. And I went in there and I pulled the freezer part of the refrigerator out. Klondike bars like you can't imagine. And I saw that thing. I was like, man, those look good. And I said to myself, I need a Klondike bar. That would just get me all evened out. So I put one out of the freezer and I went in. They got a little area you can sit and watch a game. So I turned the TV. I'm sitting there. I ate that Klondike bar. When I finished that Klondike bar, I thought, that was a good. I think I need another one. Now, y'all, this story is not over. I went in there. I got another Klondike bar. I came in. It was chocolate wrapped in chocolate. It was a double chocolate. I sit out on that couch. I'm watching basketball or something. I ate, ate another Klondike bar. And then I dawned on it. It was so good. It, and, and, and I remember I saw in there, I saw those, uh, the ones that are like the snow cone, not snow cone, but it's the ice cream on top. What is it called? The little, what is it? Huh? Drumstick. drumstick. I saw drumsticks in there. I thought, I wonder if that would taste different. You guys, I went in there and I got a drumstick. I ate the drumstick. And when I finished it, I thought to myself, that didn't taste as good as the Klondike. I want to finish with the Klondike. Because <laughs> I ate four ice creams. And the funny part of that was Super Bowl Sunday. My wife and I were going to a family's house that night for ice cream. I went home, I said to Jane, Lord, help me, honey. You won't believe how sick I feel right now, but you can't believe what I just did. She said, what? I said, I ate four, three Klondikes and a drumstick. And she goes, what are you thinking? I'm like, I know. I didn't want any ice cream that night. Because every now and then, you know what we do? We just build. We just go all in. And I, I looked at him, I said, why did I do that? I don't, I don't even do that kind of thing. But I went nuts that day. And every now and then, we're human beings. I'm telling you all this just to let you know, we're humans. I haven't, done, I haven't even eaten ice cream since right now. still sounds kind of sick. Because you know how I felt for the next three or four hours. But every now and then, it's just human nature. And you know what you got to do? You know what would have helped me? Take 90 seconds and think. Just think, you've had three. You don't need four. But no, there I go, because it looked good. That's life. And I want to say to you that I'm one of those people that's working to renew my mind. I want to be pleasing to the Lord. I want him to see that I'm no longer conforming to the old stinking patterns of this world. Because this world will spit you up and chew you out. And I don't want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the eternal kingdom of the Lord, growing in him, conforming my life to that new pattern, that new fresh way of taking steps.
And my challenge for you tonight is to look at some area in your life and say, Lord, I want to change that. I want to be pleasing to you. I want to bring honor to your name. And so I pray that as we've activated the word, um, that you will see how that fits in your life. And you'll go home and you'll establish some new patterns of thinking in some part of your world. Father God, I pray tonight over the whole Res family. I just thank you for the hearts that are here. From teens to 80s, we are people who are seeking to mold our lives and our hearts after you. Uh, In all our weaknesses, some days when we have the four Klondikes, uh, help us, Lord, to manage that better, to take those few extra moments and ask the Spirit of God to guide us and lead us. And we love you tonight. We confess to you that we need you. And I pray, Lord, you'd take these simple words and that somebody's heart would be strangely warmed and renewed as they seek more after you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. And I pray the Lord will use those thoughts. Thank you for watching and being a part of our online family. Subscribe to our channel for access to all of our videos and live services. You can also be notified when a new service becomes available if you ring the notification bell. We cannot do this without you. You can support this ministry and help us reach more people with the word by giving at reslife.org give. Thanks again for watching. Be blessed.